Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. We've got a special guest. Not saying our other guests weren't special, but this is definitely also a special guest. Kurt Merriweather from the Diversity Movement. Uh, He is a co-founder and head of products and innovation. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with next to learning from even at a distance, Kurt, for the last year or so. And, uh, you know, another partner of ours has been building some cool stuff with them. And so just excited to have you on, man. And, uh, you know, share your wealth of wisdom and story and kind of where you all are going with our, our crew at the Unicorn Finders. And so thank you for taking the time to be here. Jake, uh, Dan, thank you so much for having me today. Uh, it's it's always a pleasure to, to hang out with Jake, and now I can add Dan to the list of uh, great folks that I get a chance to talk to. That's way cooler. That's way better. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I was going to say that, Jake, but well, yeah. that might be true. <laughs> minutes, man. I was like, can you judge it in 30? Just... <laughs> that quick. That's how we know. That's how we know. Uh, I do also have a special guest here. And yeah, I'm going for cuteness points here. This is Romeo. Romeo. <laughs> Romeo's going to steal the show. That's usually what happens at some point. That's here. right. Romeo's going to happen. Yeah. He's, a, he's our third host today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, if if you all are, are just, uh, just tuning in, you haven't had a chance to look up the diversity movement uh, make sure that you do that. I will drop the uh, drop the link in uh, in the screen there and in the chat for you to take a look at. Um, but yeah, I just just wanted to hear a little bit more about the story. Some of some the the we love a good origin story here, right? At the Unicorn Finders, and so um, if you could just give us the you know the high level of where all this came from, you know what what's what's the goal and how can we help? Sure. Uh, so the origin story is is, is interesting. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to work with uh, Donald Thompson, our CEO, for several years, working on different ventures. And uh, we were together uh, along with Jackie Ferguson uh, and uh, another co-founder, uh, Kayla Sosa at Walk West. And while we were at Walk West, one of the things that we started to see was that there was this opportunity around multicultural marketing. And we were, we were seeing this opportunity because... We were looking at data that says when you're able to show different audiences representations of themselves in marketing, they're going to be more likely to think highly of the company that's marketing to them. And then we saw lots of missteps uh, from companies that were putting out marketing, not really thinking about the audiences that they were trying to reach. And then there were there were all kinds of things from H&M had a a pretty big uh, (laughs) misstep with some of their advertising they, they had done. Uh, uh, and so what we wanted to do is help companies be more competent Mm. in terms of how they go to market. Uh, and as we started to get into the, uh, the opportunity there, one of the things that was starting to happen is that, you know, Don, our CEO was getting asked to speak more and more around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we, we were listening to the market and felt like there was an opportunity that we could take advantage of. And we were looking at education around diversity, equity, inclusion, and felt like it was wasn't what what it should be. It was very compliance oriented. Um, I've taken ethics courses before at large organizations, and some DEI trainings been like that, where 
you look at it, it's not engaging. You're trying to get to the end of it. You're trying to cheat and take the quiz at the end and, and not really take advantage of the learning that you should be getting. And so because we were marketers, we were thinking about building an engaging course that was going to help transform organizations. And so in order for us to do that well, one of the other things that we wanted to do is make sure that we were well-trained. And so we all in the leadership team have received our certified diversity executive credential. And so we had put the, the course together, uh, the original course that's called Diversity Beyond the Checkbox, because we, we didn't want this just to be a checkbox exercise. We wanted to make sure that organizations were thinking about this from a transformational point of view. And mm -hmm. so two things happened as we were going to market. First, the pandemic happened. And the second thing that happened was George Floyd's murder. And so that created a level of awakening inside of organizations where they realized they needed to do something different. And so that's where we were able to go to market with our story because our goal was to think about how to create uh, workplace excellence using diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm. And what we wanted to be able to do is create business transformation and drive business outcomes. And so because we were focused on the business outcomes, our, that allowed us to put together a set of resources and tools and offerings that were differentiated in the market. And so that allowed us from the time that we launched, if we looked at uh, the end of 2020, after we launched, we had about 10 customers. Fast forward to now, we have 100. And so we've gotten significant scale uh, in terms of the story is resonating well. And one of the things that we're trying to do for companies is answer three questions for them as their leaders think about it. You know, why is DEI important? And we're starting to see some more um, recognition of why DEI is important. The two questions that people are asking now are how do I do it? How do I get started? Mm -hmm. What do I do next? And then how do I measure the impact? And so yeah. that's those that's really been the, the the key things that we've used in order to help organizations make progress is answering those last two questions. How do I do it? And how do I measure success or impact? And so we're, we put together employee experience suite that has different elements from analytics uh, to content and tools to create behavior change and then foundational learning all together in one solution. And so that's it's a little bit about our origin story. We had the assets uh, that were needed in the marketplace and then we've been able to, to grow and create new applications. And we're obviously working with the Vaco Built team yeah. On some, some of the applications that we're bringing to the marketplace. So it's, it's really exciting to uh, work with you in our journey and, and have uh, a mission as well as something that we think is going to be transformational. Kurt, I want to ask just a, a quick follow-up question. I, I know a lot of times, and I use this word with the, the denotation of it, not the connotation of it. I know a lot of times when we talk about um, DEI, we we look at a lot of vanity matrix or uh, metrics, right? We, mm -hmm. we just look, mm -hmm. hey, we, we've seen an increased number of diversity hiring. Um, but a lot of times it doesn't, not only does it not solve the problem, it, it's usually it's never built a culture around actually building good DEI practices around right. it. Right. Um, how do you guys measure progress mm -hmm. um, in, in helping organizations truly not only identify where their shortcomings might be, but truly mm -hmm. build a culture around uh, DEI and um, yeah. Right. No, that's, that's a really good question. I think the emphasis for a lot of organizations back to your vanity metrics point is that those metrics tend to be outward facing. So I can talk about the diversity of my entire uh, company. Facing, that's good. Yeah. Okay, keep Versus, going. Yep, I know where you're going. I love it. <laughs> Versus what's happened internally. 
so that the external things that we're talking about are authentic because that's it starts from the inside. Uh, and so that's true of anything, whether it's an individual where my transformation starts internally and then it manifests itself externally. And so when we're talking with organizations, one thing is to say, here's what we're, our plan is and sharing that transparently and being honest about that. But how do you measure impact? And that's there, there are three areas that you could start with. Um, and so because DEI is a journey, some of these things take longer to measure. But there's some things that you can measure in the short term, which the first thing would be around sentiment, around mm -hmm. diversity initiatives and how employees feel and looking at what groups they are uh, part of and that what groups they represent to get a sense of sentiment versus other groups. So that's one of the things that we look at is, for example, one question that we often ask is what's the leadership's commitment to DEI in the organization? And so one of the things we would look at is what does the leadership team think? What do the employees think? And is there a gap between those two responses? And then that tells you uh, whether you have a disconnect. And then you can look at that at the organizational level. So we could look at sales, finance, IT, and look at the different answers that you might see in the organization there. You can just cut that same data based on tenure in the organization, gender, title. We want to look at all that data together to figure out where to focus. And so by looking at sentiment, that tells you where you can start to focus uh, in a different part of the organization. So you might look at you know, maybe your sales organization has some challenges around inclusive leadership. And so there's an opportunity to go to the leaders in the organization, uh, especially middle managers, to provide some uh, education around being more competent and, and managing different kinds of people. Yeah. And when you're focusing on those kinds of things, that not only does that improve uh, DEI in the organization, that improves leadership skills in the organization. And so when people think about culture, it's it's really with their direct uh, managers uh, uh, and what that relationship is between them and their manager. But Jake, I, you're getting ready to jump in there. Well, I mean, I, I, I love the what you were saying about like how do we reflect in leadership all the way through in there and i and I, it just got me thinking just now and i wish i would have thought about this years ago as i was building out some stuff but never too late right is that um it's almost lazy leadership leads to gravitating towards more of yourself right versus purposeful leadership you, it's a heavy lift up front to be like, who are we? What do we stand for? How do we do this? What are the parameters? What's, what are the key factors of success? And then you can look for talent that doesn't look like yourself to fit into what does leadership in my organization need, right? right. Not, oh, that person and I, we just hit it off and they're kind of like me and I'm trying to duplicate me. So here you go. Right. right? When, I, I know my teams would not want more of me, right? And so like, they can't, it can't be healthy, right? And so I, I guess my follow-up question to that is one, thank you for the epiphany over here, but two, what are some just uh, strategies that companies can use for setting expectations to set people up for success? You know, we've seen virtue signaling, we've seen like token hires and these like really just more negative connotations for otherwise very brilliant people. How do we set people up for success just in general, you know, as you kind of you know, bring them into, into leadership and stuff? Right. I, I think um, it's, it's being honest about where you, where you are. Mm. Honest. And so it's, it's that, it's that honesty piece. 
So honesty is let's look at the data. Honesty is not to interpret the data to mean something that it doesn't. So wanting to be further along in your journey when you're not isn't helpful. Yeah. So being honest about here's where I am as an organization, here's where I am as a leader, in order for me to get to where I need to get to, here are the things that I need to do and change. And so part of that is being transparent and honest. And so one of the things that we've seen organizations that do well is to be honest about where they are and to say, you know, listen, our organization is just getting started on our journey. As a leader, I'm just getting started on my own personal journey. There's some things that I need to learn. In order for me to do that, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you along this journey and be inclusive and transparent about yeah. about that. And so I'm gonna I want to become a more empathetic leader. Here are the things that I'm working on. And so one of the things that reading a different book actually, but it's uh, it's very applicable is uh, what got you here won't get you there. Oh, so there, there's a book written uh, about that that a lot of executive coaches use. Mm -hmm. And in the book, one of the things that they talk about is when leaders are trying to make changes, one of the things that they don't often do is go through and do follow up. Mm -hmm. So it's the follow up piece. It's one thing to say, here's what I'm doing. It's another thing to say, hey, Jake, I've been working on this. How am I doing? How am I doing on this in this area, making sure I'm being more inclusive in our meetings? How am I doing to make sure that everyone has a voice? How am I doing in making sure that I'm highlighting the achievements of everyone in the organization, especially people who are in underrepresented groups. Yeah. And so being able to, to do those things and be transparent about what's happening and where you want to go, that's a new style of leadership. And it's challenging yeah. for it's a lot of leaders who have grown up in a different era where mm -hmm. it wasn't about transparency. It wasn't about empathy. It was more about command and control. Yeah. And so when you start to shift to be more about being inclusive, that means for the good of the organization, I'm going to take a step back so that I can unlock the power of uh, collaboration within my team. And that's mm -hmm. a completely different leadership style. Right. But that's a leadership style that people in Gen Z uh, or millennial generations are expecting. And right. so one of the things that we're helping organizations think through is how do I unlock the power of a multi-generational, multicultural team that comes yeah. from different backgrounds and has different beliefs? Kurt, I want to ask a follow-up, and it's 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 related, but but a little bit unrelated. Kind of speaking to a bigger topic that you just mentioned, a lot of people have a very very difficult time looking at themselves in the mirror and being honest about themselves. How do you unlock, you know, or how do you guys try to help unlock or, or coach individuals to help unlock on their teams mm. that that true honesty and being able to look in the mirror and saying, hey, I am imperfect, or maybe I have these tendencies or biases that are maybe even you know, subconscious or, uh, or whatnot, but, but how do you, you really try to coach, you know, individuals mm -hmm. to, to try to pull that honesty out, uh, when most people don't want to be honest, right. With themselves, yeah. right. They, Hey, I, I'm a 100% inclusive individual. I want, you know, all of these different things. And, you know, you, you can look at tendencies and be like, that's not who you are at all, but how do right. you help and, and coach folks to do that? Right. I think part of what we do is just, create an environment where everybody's trying to figure it out. Nobody has it figured out. Right. And when I'm uh, working with executives, one of the things that we'll talk about is the fact that um, when you're evaluating talent, it's what is not visible that's valuable. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we focus on the visible instead of the experience that someone had. And how do you, how do you create 
um, uh, the right level of insight based on what you know about somebody. And that comes from asking questions about, um, tell me about a time where you faced a situation, but you overcame it. What adversity did you experience in your life? Especially if you're an entrepreneurial organization, asking some of those questions so that that way you can start to see people differently because you're, you're trying to get beyond the visible to what's valuable. The, the second thing that uh, yeah. I hope people hope it's valuable. I'm writing that down. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that one's for you to take that one. Thanks. Um, the other thing to think about is the fact and it's more about how we process information as people. So one of the things that we talk about in uh, when we deal with unconscious bias is that we process 11 million pieces of information a second unconsciously. Jeez. We process 40 pieces of information a second consciously. So then if you look at the difference between that, you know, 11, the 11 million versus 40, there's no way that I can counteract what my brain is processing consciously. And so when you understand that, that means that everybody is in that same situation. So mm. what we're trying to do is mitigate the impact of that so that we're making good business decisions. And so who doesn't want to make good business decisions and be a better leader? And so that's, that's when we start talking about, well, here are the things that I need to do to do to be better, but because what if there's an idea in the room I'm not accessing because I'm limiting who I'm receiving input from. And so, so how, how do you think, and this is, this is, I hate to hate to admit it as much as, but to so many organizations, it's so new. So from like the throughput of data and through the, like the throughput of adoption, right? Are, are you starting to see some glimpses, you know, with organizations you're working in of like, okay, organizationally we're seeing, you know, empathy towards this type of initiative, you know, it, versus what they post on LinkedIn about our new diversity officer. And that's all they've ever done. Right. right. So, and you and I have talked very candidly about that, you know, before. Right. And, so, mm -hmm. and by the way, speaking of that, uh, Y'all, if you want to drop any questions or anything, Kurt, I, you know, great at answering answering questions in in these or just ping him direct directly to you. Sorry, I volunteered you for that, but I'm 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 always up for good questions. So yeah, I've, I've benefited immensely in my life from chatting with you. So thank you. Um, but yeah, just from from throughput and from your some of your clients and what you've seen and studied, you know. Are we, can we be optimistic? <laughs> like, are, are, is anything getting better at all? Like, you know, how are things looking? It, it, it is. And I, I think there's, because DEI is one of those things, it's like a journey. It's a business practice. And yes. so instead of thinking about it as a project that you have, oh. it has a beginning and an end, you're not finished with it. So it takes time for some things to manifest themselves. But at the same time, there are signs of progress. And that starts from the leadership team being bought in and saying, we're going to prioritize this. We're going to weave this into the way that we do business. And so when organizations do that, then you do start to see some changes. Yeah. So we have clients where they've integrated DEI into their strategic planning process. They've integrated DEI into their uh, cultural value reaffirmation. So we have some organizations that have rituals on a weekly, monthly basis where they get together and talk about a variety of diff different things going on with the business and weave DEI into those moments. Mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing uh, enterprise or uh, employee resource groups or business resource groups uh, be more well attended because they're champions from the leadership team that are participating and thinking about unlocking the value that's in those, those different parts of the organization. Yeah. So we're seeing some, some signs of progress 
there about weaving that into the overall way that the organization functions. Yeah. Uh, so there, and that's really the, the organizations that have said, this is part of how we work. This is part of how we do business are the more successful than those who are thinking about it primarily from a, we need to do this because we need to hire people. And if you don't connect that to changing or uh, adjusting the culture yeah. so that when new people were hired, they can add to the culture. Mm -hmm. It's when that doesn't occur where you've got some, you can say, show progress on the, the uh, kind of the traction front and hiring people in where there, there's still work to do is uh, getting talent to progress throughout the organization up to the leadership ranks. Yeah. So that that's something that takes time and it's more difficult to do. And it really require, requires the organization to be disciplined about doing that. But it, it, it does take more time to do that. The organization can build partnerships to move more quickly, though. So one of the things that we're seeing is that uh, the boards of organizations are making pretty good progress in changing the composition of board members. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's more work, obviously, that needs to be done there. So there's signs of progress. And then there, there are some organizations that you know, quite frankly, haven't followed through on their commitments where, you know, two years ago after George Floyd, George Floyd's murder, there was a lot of activity around uh, public statements and commitments. And now what we're starting to see is that because there's been distance since that event, organizations haven't necessarily lived up to what they said they were going to do. Uh, and so it's important for organizations to continue to find uh, triggers and other things to continue the momentum or what are the key drivers that are going to make sure that DEI is going to be sustainable in the organization. It can't just be about external facing things. But as we were saying before, it starts internally because it's part of the, how the business operates. Mm. It, it, I, we only have a few minutes left, so I do want to give some shameless plugs for like you guys and how you do what you do to companies, you know, come in. So uh, I, I, or at least give you the chance to give the plug. Right. Yep. So, you know, how do you work with a company? What, when can a company call you? And what are some of the just the service offerings, just a light, light level? I love the tech enabled. I mean, selfishly, because we're part of it. But to, but really, it's all of y'all's ideas. And then and Crystal, who was actually listening, was a great helper for, for a lot of that as well. You know, um, how can companies engage you guys, right, to help right. better themselves? Right. So we want to start where the company is. So we can start whether you're advanced or just getting started. Yeah. And we have three areas where we engage, where we assess where the organization is, whether that organization has done that assessment themselves or not. We put together a roadmap and then we put together a set of tools to help create change over time. Uh, so we've just recently rolled out our micro videos uh, platform that you can think of almost like Netflix for DEI, uh, where we have 500 videos that are available for people to, to watch uh, in between meetings or to advance their uh, things that they've already learned. So one of the things that we're trying to do is help people have access to tools in the flow of work. Uh, the second thing that we're working on is uh, a conversational AI tool where you can ask that a chatbot questions. That's what we're working on with you. And that'll be released in the second half of the year. Uh, we have an analytics platform and a mobile app uh, to uh, make sure that we know how organizations are engaging with the content. So we get a sense of key trends that are happening inside the organization. Uh, and the last thing that we've done is we've released uh, an offering we call DEI Navigator for small and uh, medium-sized businesses. Mm. And so the goal there is even if you're a startup, even if you're a small business, the thing that you should be doing is 
building in DEI from the very beginning or as early in the formation of the organization as you can. So that way you're not trying to adjust and fix things later. And so this is an offering where we provide access to a coach uh, or coaching resources and tools for organizations at a very um, modest fee that most organizations are gonna be able to afford uh, to help them advance uh, their journey. Uh, and we provide confidential private real-time access along with access to peer groups uh, to be able to hear from other organizations that might be going through the same thing that a small organization is going through. Uh, so our goal is to create learning at scale. And, and that's yeah. the, those are the key things that we're trying to do because you know, while workshops are great, that creates the starting point for learning. And so we always wanna con connect conversations to content that lead to more conversations to create transformation. So, yeah. oh, that's great. Um, Kurt, I guess one final question. Um, beyond visiting your website and watching and, and downloading your content, um, what's one thing or one piece of advice that you can give, you know, companies that are on their DEI journey, you know, right now um, that they can take from this conversation? Right. I think is, is to be intentional daily. So mm -hmm. what's the one thing I can do every day to make mm -hmm. progress, both individually when I'm talking to somebody that I haven't, I, I'm reaching out to somebody that I haven't talked to before, mm -hmm. um, moving past uh, some area of discomfort to make progress, doing some new things within teams and doing new things throughout the organization. But it's one thing that I can do to, to be more intentional. And it's that thought process that helps organizations innovate in general. What's the one thing that I can do to go after this big idea or this big, big opportunity? And DEI fits into that same sort of uh, way of thinking. Is, is picking that one thing and especially because we're remote and we're hybrid mm -hmm. think about somebody that you wouldn't normally narrowly uh, connect with and then through that i think that's going to create a, a, a powerful uh habit that uh, can transform the whole organization awesome um yeah that's, uh, that's so good yeah we're um you know we're fans right we'll keep we'll keep posting keep sharing you know keep keep doing our thing and so um we're as we're as we're wrapping up here, just getting on top of the hour. Just you know, thank you so much for taking the time, and you know, love to uh, continue to hear how things progress, and I don't know, make this a regular thing, right? So, um, yep. hopefully, it should it, you know, hopefully we can get to a point where we don't have to call out DI initiative. We can just be like, hey, we're running our business, right? <laughs> and it's just how and it is. DI is part of how we how we yeah. work, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm hopeful. Um, in the human race right now. So hope, let's see what we can do. All right. So, um, well, man, thank you so much. Uh, those of you who stick around, thank you so much for joining us. We will, we will be back next week, 1030 Eastern live again. I don't remember who the guest is. They don't have my list in front of me, but I'm sure it's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, um, I'll come back next week if you need yeah. me to. Yeah, that's probably what we'll do. We're just going to do Kurt again. Yeah, because it's just. Oh, easier. you know, we have uh, we have Michael Burns next week from Wedzy, which is a company down here in uh, down oh, in Tampa, cool. trying to uh, to change the uh, the wedding game front. So love that. That'll be fun. Uh, Kurt, before you leave and before we sign off, just remind everybody where they can uh, maybe connect with you on LinkedIn or where they can certainly learn more about the diversity movement. Yes. So uh, visit uh, the diversity movement at uh, www w.thediversitymovement.com. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Kurt Merriweather. 
and uh, or email me at Kurt at the diversity movement.com. So those are the key areas uh, that you can find me. Love it. I love it, man. Really enjoyed our time with you today, Kurt. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon and, and certainly best of luck with everything you guys have going on. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate the support. Have a great day. Y'all. Awesome. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at theunicornfinders.com. And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.